This is Residence 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. You know that by now, don't you? Hey? Yes, of course you do. I'm Nick Hennigan, and it's time for another slice of literary London. Yes, although this time we're going north of the border. Um, and I have to make a small confession. I missed out one of the uh, storytellers at the Chiswick Book Festival last time. And so without further ado... I shall put that right now. Um, The Chiswick Book Festival, it's the 14th Chiswick Book Festival, was this year in September 2022. Uh, Whenever you're listening to this, of course, either on Resonance FM, on our podcast, or, of course, at bohemianbritain.com, which is my new blog, which is a bit of a mad place for all sorts of videos and uh, thoughts and written blogs, and, of course, these uh, lady algorithms. Oh, ah, yeah, it's all there on bohemianbritain.com. And so we are, we're going be um, looking at uh, the Chiswick Book Festival, the 14th Chiswick Book Festival. The last two shows have been from their um, writer's party and it's rather a jolly event at the George IV pub in uh, in Chiswick on the high road there. Um, and yes, I, I played all of the particulars and, and then missed out the last one. And so let's take you back to the Chiswick local writer's party of the Chiswick Book Festival in Chiswick, near Chiswick. In fact, in Chiswick, on the Chiswick High Road. I'll just stop saying Chiswick now. Yeah. Uh, right. Our final speaker of the evening talking about his memoir. Uh, we have... Uh, the memoir is called Are You Going to Do That Little Jump? The Adventure Continues. Please welcome to the stage Robert Gillespie. <laughs> I noticed just now that someone was flinging, flicking through the pages of this book and I really must apologise <laughs> because I don't know messy divorces in it. <laughs> yes, I'm an actor, but the, there are no angry wives, no alimony. In fact, when I was at drama school, I was told that I was too short to fall in love. <laughs> You had to be at least five feet nine to do that. (laughs) But I was allowed to be funny. I had a comedy series written for me called Keep It in the Family, which is very funny in parts. Very good, very good. Thank you. (laughs) Personally, I find God rather funny. And the BBC hired me to write an outrageous sketch, for that was the week that was. It's a sort of witch report on religion. David Frost performed it beautifully. But the House of Commons didn't find it funny at all. (laughs) And neither did the Church of England. No, seriously. This is a very important work. Covering 70 years of a life in show business. Unfortunately, there's nobody left alive who can still sue me. Pictures done. Paul Warrington is over there. He did them, and he's open to offers. 
selection of writing, everything from children's books to self-help to motivation to cookery to thrillers to weird science fiction stuff. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I would like you all to put your hands together once again for all of our speakers tonight, weren't they fantastic? to sign copies for you and to talk to you more about their work. The bar is open. Um, I think that's all I need to say, isn't it? Uh, apart from, as Torin said earlier, please, 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 if you're not coming to anything else yet at the festival, why not? Get on and buy it. Uh, and um, I think that's all I'm going to say. Apart from authors, please, to the stage for your photo. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Well, that was rather jolly, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, well done as well to the uh, organiser of the Chiswick Book Festival, uh, the uh, programmer, Jo Jeffries, who was also comparing there. She did a great job. I love her little horn. Um, and I'm guessing the 15th Chiswick Book Festival will be next September. Stick with us. Inshallah, we shall be there too. Uh, that was the final author. And in fact, uh, uh, Robert Gillespie, the actor, is also going to come in and do a special chat with us about his 70-year career in showbiz. But now, from West London, we go north of the border. As I mentioned interminably, I spent the entire summer up at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, in uh, in Edinburgh, uh, which is a beautiful city and a great city to get around as well. Um, and I had a new programme, a new show, a new play called Winston and David, uh, uh, about Winston Churchill and David Lloyd George. Um, it's written by David Lloyd George's great-great-grandson, Robert Lloyd George. And um, I think he will be the first to admit that he's not a playwright. It was his first ever play. Um, we spent quite a lot of time working on it. And I thought I got it to a situation where it might work with an audience, but, you know, uh, you might be a writer as well. We have a lot of writers listen to this. You know, it's kind of um, when you're writing a play, the, the final piece of the jigsaw is always the audience. And so that was the point, really, of going to the Edinburgh Festival. We were with Underbelly. Uh, first time I've been with Underbelly, actually. They're one of the big sort of four presenting groups. We've always been with Assembly in the past. Uh, but Underbelly did a great job. Uh, and we were in the Dairy Room, which is an incredibly beautiful room. And if you've never been to the Edinburgh Festival, it's the largest open arts festival in the world. And there's dance and drama and spoken word and, of course, theatre. And every little space in Edinburgh becomes a theatre. We were actually in uh, part of the uh, medical school um, in uh, Bristow Square. Incredible, incredibly beautiful. Uh, and in fact, our particular venue is about, about 120 seats, I think we had. Um, and uh, there was chandeliers still. So rather than use theatre lights, as the audience came in, I used the chandeliers. It was very atmospheric. And yes, it went very well, thank you. It went down very well. Critically, uh, audiences were actually moved to tears at the end, uh, which I was very pleased about. For, for all the right reasons. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Um, and the show is going to go on. We're going to tour it. Uh, we're touring it into the spring, uh, spring 2023, uh, nationally. And then it's going to go to America. And it may be end up on a cruise ship as well. But, you know, watch this space. Because if it goes, I'll be going with it. Oh, yes. But uh, so I thought what we do now, we'll move north of the border. Um, and I was... Uh, fortunate to be able to attend most of the the venues kind of launch events the first week of the f- three weeks of the fringe or the fourth week the first week week one as it were the big venues will do a little soup song as we've just done with the chiswick writers festival of the chiswick book festival um they do a little sort of soup song of what's coming up in their various venues and i'm bumped into a couple of lads who have set up a venue called the space uk um, and they, it's a fascinating setup, and we're going to talk to them. I was in the assembly club bar. Yeah, yeah I know. You shouldn't really be talking in there, but I did, I did. But before that, I thought I'd share this with you. And now I'm going to share it with you because and there are four or five people I know in the world who will hear this and go, oh. Because it's written by Rob Williams, Rob Williams, my Rob Williams, not that one, uh, who's written uh, music for all the plays I've done since 1992. Um, and he's a great composer. He's done film stuff and television stuff and commercials. And uh, he, we're still top of his tree, which is lovely. Um, and this is called Cuckoos, and it became the theme to Winston and David.
Hello, Chisai, Nicholas of Hennigan again. How you doing? And I'm in the uh, assembly rooms, which is sort of club bar, which is a bit kind of posh and private. But I'm so pleased to have met the geniuses behind a venue that started a few years ago called The Space. And all the way around Edinburgh Space since I've UK, been here. Space UK. Space UK. The Space UK. The Space UK. Right, because in, in the Isle of Dogs in London, there's a... There's a really lovely theatre called The Space. Oh, is there? I yeah. Know. And it's, it's kind of one of those names that works with theatre. And they're... That's independent. And we talk now and again, but people think we're them or they're us. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, it's quite nice when they're doing fabulous shows and someone tweets on our, our tweet that they, <laughs> The Space UK are amazing. But I love the fact... So I've been up here, we're obviously it's 2022, and I've been up here and I've been doing the press launches, which is kind of cool. And I've had so much positive kind of feedback about what you're doing at the space. And I know there's, you know, the, the, the sort of controversy as there is probably every year about Edinburgh and things getting expensive. But a couple of journalists have said to me how they really kind of like what space does. And also, um, how could I put this sort of subtly, that you're not quite perhaps as commercial as some of the big operators are. Bear in mind, we're in the bar of a big operator at the moment. What, what, what's the history of the space? How did it start? It was, we first came to Edinburgh in 1995. We had a little church hall. I had a, 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 a drama lecturer at university after I graduated who knew friends and mates. And I didn't do drama, oddly enough, but he, um, he recommended there was stuff going on up there and it was a bit of a quiet time with the fringe. Found a church hall. I came up and had a look and we, we got a long lease with the clerk of the vestry <laughs> and we we pushed on with that and here we are really it's interesting what you say though about the um i i didn't talk at the press launch because it's not so i i think the talent in our venue sort of should speak for itself but i was told off about that and actually i should have done because it's interesting what you say we're not commercial we're not driven by our our platform i think is really about the performer the work the unknown artists, new writing, you know, we're known as the most established new writing platform, but but ultimately, given the last two years we've had, it's it's really about that that industry coming back and the the passion that comes with it. And um, I regret now not standing in front of ninety odd journalists and saying just that. Okay. And that's all I needed to say. Yeah, in a sense, I mean that's I was one of them, as you're going to hear. Well you're not gonna hear, but as listener listener, you're going to hear the opening thing very soon. But and it's it, I mean it's the biggest open arts festival in the world, isn't it, Edinburgh? I mean, you know, all the various festivals, the cinema and the, uh, the, the film festival and the international festival. That's, and your background was journalism and music, you say? Yeah, that's right. I worked, um, I, I, I started organising black tie parties in my late teens in London. And then... That's smart. <laughs> I, they were good fun. And then I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I went to Surrey University and during that time kept that up and then when I graduated a mate of mine got a we opened a um, we opened a production company with Concord International Artists in Shepherds Bush Road who who worked there and they looked after a vast amount of bands from East 17 to The Prodigy Enjoy Credit to the Nation Chumba Wumba Back to the Planet um, amongst many others and uh, we sat in an office downstairs got involved and did lots of stuff but used it very much as a platform for us to promote our own work we we did several shows for the prodigy in that time 
And then in 1995, I, I, that's where that evolved into Edinburgh, 96, and it's, it's sort of digressed. And this became, I then, I was at the BBC for 10 years during this period, really. After As that. a journalist? Yeah, after that, I went to the BBC. I was asked, they were, they were making a money programme special and I did youth culture and I went to that and I got offered a job and off we went. So I was trained by the BBC and news. So I spent 10 years in news while I was growing Edinburgh and Edinburgh just sort of came along. It was one of those things and I always say to myself, you know, once we can get to a stage where it's fun, but it was just demand. Companies just wanted to keep coming back. And, uh, you know, that's the passion of this thing. Once you get the bug and you yeah. work with artists and, and people in, every genre and that's probably why now we're very diverse we're not driven by a genre if you come to the space you can sit under one roof for a week and see everything from spoken word to, to opera to dance to acapella um, to new writing uh, lots of stand up to a level tonight we're doing a Korean season we've got a hip-hop orchestra we've got what you need you know this is the platform for everyone to have something and sort of, so what would you say, I mean, it's a silly thing in a sense, what is the motivation? Why do you both, you'll be very quiet, I know. <laughs> Look, I think, you know, sat just before we came out here this evening, we sat in the, the courtyard bar at the Space Insurgents Hall and chatting to a company that they're on day three of their shows, they're having a fantastic time um, and and they're experiencing the buzz of what it's like to be at the festival. And, you know, in that case, it was for somebody that was semi-pro. But, you know, earlier today, I saw Mulberry School from Tower Hamlets, who brought up a fantastic crowd of, you know, energetic young ladies to, you know, give, give their all uh, in a school show that, you know, goes down just as well as that semi-pro stuff. Interestingly, they're an interesting school because they're the only school in the history of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe to win a Fringe first. Oh, wow. In wow. about 2007. And that was us too. Yeah. And so I want to introduce yourself, sorry. You are... Charlie Pammon. And you are... And I'm John Rand. And you, so what's your, what are your titles? You have titles? Sorry? What are your titles? So I'm the artistic director and sort of founder of the Space UK. And I'm more in the dog's body car- uh, category. <laughs> no, John, I do, I, we should tell the whole story. I met John. Oh, yeah. John came up in... We started in 95. John came up in 1996 to do um, Sound and Lights with a very another guy called Gareth Hughes they were 19 at the time at Bristol University this is a this is a fun story in itself and it's an example of the passion the Edinburgh Fringe ingests in you I think you met your wife here as well didn't you yeah I did on the box office of only 45 but he did but ultimately these two guys I mean John has a proper job so I run the space all year round John um, is a very senior member of the Bank of England. Hooray! <laughs> almost board level. Almost board level. We don't have to comment well, on that. I mean, no, we won't comment. We don't need to talk about that bit of my life. <laughs> we are standing and, at the bar, by the way. And the other guy who's come out tomorrow is a professor in titanium, something or other at Oxford University. And that's because they're into it. And I've got guys who spend more time and, other, and kind of do other stuff on this. But I think, you know there's a struggle at the moment in Edinburgh about the festival there's I worked in media I know it's negative stuff sells sells press sells column inches but the reality is you know what you know I come away on a Monday the first Monday on on a fringe where when it hasn't happened for two three years and we've sold over 8,000 tickets in a day um, 
I know there's a struggle. I know that staffing has been an issue. The level of technical management is an issue this year. But this is testament. This place is testament. Uh, what is it? Midnight on a Monday? Yeah. <laughs> Bobbing heads in Bristow Square, as I call it, when you walk through Bristow Square. It's like a football crowd. You just see bobbing heads. But that, that, that is the vibe of Edinburgh, and that's why the, you know, the biggest global festival in the world and the, the passion for the arts. It's not banking. It's not something that has a lot of money in it. It's just people of all, all ages, all demographics, making something happen, bringing it back. It, it, it's actually one of the best examples of human existence. And we're here now. And why we're good, and I don't mind saying that, is because, you know, we, we're selling well. I've got 350 shows which are between priced between the seven and ten pound mark. We did it last year, by the way, and had 65,000 audience members. Oh, well done. Oh, I was up here last year. It was very quiet. Well, normally, 3,000 shows were about yeah, 300. Yeah, we had yeah. 80 shows and 65,000 audience members. But it's, it was obvious there was appetite, but it's all about cost of living and pricing, pricing it sensibly and making it work. And um, it's just nice to be back. You know? And so, I mean, the fact I've just literally buttonholed you at the bar, <laughs> it's very kind of you to talk to me. You're quite optimistic for the future then. Oh yeah, you can't you can't be you can't be anything but optimistic when you experience the buzz around the place. You know, thinking about our venue managers that have returned back. You know, for five, six, seven, ten years. Um, you know, and and, and the rest. Uh, thinking about the you know the audiences and the companies that we talk about. You know, you've we got to be optimistic yeah, yeah. about the future. We tipped over our our equivalent sales of from 2019 today, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So we're ahead of 2019, so that can only bode well, can't it? Yeah, and doesn't I, I get the impression as well? I, I've got to, I've got a show on at the Underbelly. Sorry about that. We'll do that. No, but it, but it's, great venue. I get the impression. I took my son there the other day. <laughs> you have to come to the dairy room. <laughs> Maddie and Greg's wonder. Oh, right, we're doing wonder games. Yeah, amazing. But, but the reason I, I, I still get that, so I'm sort of producer, director, and obviously doing the radio show. But what really struck me since lockdown is there is a kind of a I, apparently pre-sales are down but the on the day sales are doing quite well there's a kind of a glory and joy about being out again after what we've been through for the last few years and the fringe you know obviously there's this criticism of the launch being late and that's affected sales i mean that the fringe is what i call it the equivalent of the bbc it's got a global marketplace and it will always have that um so that saying it's on late hasn't helped anyone but it's not necessarily their fault, it's just the process, everything was late. The original tickets went on sale late, registration was late, you know, that's just how it worked. Last year we didn't know we were doing a fringe till the end of May. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We still sold a lot of tickets. It's always going to be there, the appetite and the passion. So you're both quite positive for the future? Yeah, hugely. Well, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, I mean, we should be. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And thank you so much oh, for allowing me to. We're just standing at the bar. I'm going to have for quite a quiet beer. <laughs> yeah, you have I might have to buy you a fee in a minute. <laughs> Two halves of lager. <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Yeah, good luck with the space. Yeah, thanks very much to the guys. That was uh, recorded at the Edinburgh Festival uh, 2022, talking about uh, the Space UK. Yeah, I've got it right now. I've got the name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at the start of the festival, and I was up there with this uh, play called Winston and David. By the way, the theme tune of which you heard just before I started chatting to the chaps. The theme tune by uh, Rob Williams called Cuckoos. Oh, it's probably actually now called the theme tune for 
Winston and David, but because it was the first time we'd put the music with the action, uh, we had to give it a name, and, and so uh, Rob called it Cuckoos. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, and if you're thinking of going to the Edinburgh Festival, I occasionally get emails. Oh, and by the way, of course, if you'd like to get in touch, then please do. We've got uh, a Twitter, actually, at Bohemian Britain UK, I think, is this? Or you can email, there's Bohemian Britain, at Bohemian Britain UK. Or you can email radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Uh, particularly, of course, if you've got an event happening or you've written a book or you're living in London or, in fact, anywhere in the UK or, in fact, anywhere in the world. It does help if it's about London because there are a few books coming out. Um, and I do often get emails from people asking about going to the Edinburgh Festival because uh, I've actually been going up there. I didn't realise. <laughs> uh, I've been going up there since 1992. I've mentioned before that I'd written this version, one-man version of Henry V called Henry V Line of England, uh, not because of any scholastic um, motivation. I mean, I left school at 15 without any qualifications, you know, on our estate in Birmingham. And so, but I saw Ken Branagh's film and thought, oh, that's interesting. There's another way of, we can get the emotion right. So I kind of rewrote Chorus, who is the storyteller. And we did it for one night at the Midlands Arts Centre in Birmingham. And it was, I thought everyone was, say, rushing to get out. And it was a stunning ovation. And afterwards in the bar, this chap came up, very erudite chap came up, uh, John Starkey, I now know. And he said, uh, that was really good. We'd like to take you to the Edinburgh Festival. And I said, what's the Edinburgh Festival then? And that was in 1992. And, of course, John Starkey was one half of Star Ward, along with Les Ward. They were managers, of, amongst other people, of Jasper Carrot, of course. And uh, Phil Cool, remember Phil Cool, the rubber-faced comedian? And a few other bands, and uh, excuse me, they, were <clears throat> they were up there in Edinburgh a lot. And so they took us up there. Uh, and I suppose it ruined me life, love. Oh, it did. But, you know, the Edinburgh Festival, and being from Birmingham, of course, Britain's second city... Sorry, Manchester. Yeah, uh, it was, I thought, why isn't Birmingham doing anything like this? There isn't a single fringe theatre in Birmingham. There's nothing like this. So I kind of got all fired up and inspired to try and create a mini version of Edinburgh in Birmingham. Didn't quite work. Although actually we did, I suppose. We started a, a pub theatre there and we started to attract non-theatre audiences. So I suppose maybe I'm giving myself a bad time. Anyhow, I occasionally do get um, letters or emails from people saying, what about going to Edinburgh? Do you think I should or not? And I think it's a simple answer is you've just got to ask yourself why. Because it has got ridiculously expensive. I think I mentioned I was quoted a three-bedroomed flat in the centre of Edinburgh. I was quoted ten and a half grand for the month. We Eventually, I got my cast in Leith, which is just up the road, very nice, in an Airbnb. But that was still five and a half grand. So you've got to ask yourself why you're going to do it. But having said that, it is still the world's biggest open arts festival. Have a look at some of the London fringes as well. There's Camden fringes, something that I'm woefully um, ill-informed about. And I must try and put that right for this year. Because I've also got a couple of ideas for shows that I want to do. Hey. No, all right, I won't, I won't bore you with that now. So, anyway, so if you, if you do have an event, or if you'd like to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk or you can tweet at Bohemian Britain UK or see me at bohemianbritain.com, which is my new blog. But that's it for this time. I shall see you next time. Have a great week. Look after yourself. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Residence 104.4 FM. <laughs>